Hello and welcome back to Little MB. No, it's been probably a little more than a week since my last podcast. Don't know exactly when. Part of it was trying to decide what to do the next podcast on. I've been, obviously I'm in a reading. I've done book review episodes and stuff like that. So this one is not that. Uh, I think the next one I'm going to record is going to be one of those. Stephen King released another book and it's uh, work with Richard Chismer. It's the last book to a trilogy. Oh man. King needs to get back to the basics or give it up. One of the two. But anyway, that's for another thing. I'm also going to be doing one on, I don't know how I'm going to approach it, but it's essentially on black culture. There's a couple books I've read and I'm trying to get a buddy of mine to come on to give a perspective of somebody and that just because he's black and it's his perspective obviously does not mean it would be the perspective of every black person out there. And we haven't had too in-depth of a conversation on this, but it's just one of those things, because I know how reading these books makes me feel, and it's not, don't think I'm thinking in a negative way towards black people or black culture. Please don't think that. But he had posted about a book that he was reading, and it's called Between the World and Me. It's by Ta... Sorry, it's a strange name, but Ta-Nehazi Coates. That is T-A hyphen N-E-H-I-S-I. And Coates is like a coat, only it's got an E on it. So, um, I read that, and I ended up coming across Maya Angelou's book, I Know Why the Caged Bird Sings, and read that, and it's definitely both are good reads. I don't agree with everything Coates has to say in his book, but it offers a unique perspective that the majority of white folks just aren't going to take into consideration, and it's amazing, and I understand Most of this is due to me being blind. And I talked to my friend about this as well. It's like, look, I'm not claiming that I know what it's like to be a black person, but it's remarkable the number of similarities between being disabled and being a minority. Because if you're disabled, you are a minority, in a sense. Um... And a couple of the things he had to say in there, it was just interesting as far as how, like realizing that's how I behaved and why, you know, when it came to being blind and how I behaved growing up and even after that and probably still have a touch of it. (laughs) But anyway, you know, those, those will be coming up. I want to read the especially Between the World and Me by Coates. I want to read that again, especially. Um, My Angelo's book, once again, it's I Know Why the Caged Bird Sings. Amazing book. It's got some amazing stories. It's got stuff that'll make you cringe, stuff that makes you want to cry, and stuff that is just downright freaking hilarious. If you have read the book. I'm thinking of what they she referred to her town as Stamps, Arkansas, referred to as the incident. <laughs> Just so you have an idea what I'm talking about being so funny. <clears throat> but it's... There's a lot of things people have mistaken ideas about when it comes to socialism and what rights people should have. 
And it just blows my mind, especially when educated people can be so stupid when it comes to this. And I'm not going to go around mentioning names and stuff like that. But these are people who are educated and who believe this crap. And the most irritating thing that I think is when they want to put the term democratic in front of socialist. A socialist is a fucking socialist. Yeah, okay, you want everybody to be equal and blah, blah, blah. Well, first off, guess what? People are not equal. They're just not. Some people are smarter than others. Some people are physically stronger than others. People are not equal. The reason I'm pausing here is I'm trying to see if I can remember off the top of my head. There was a discussion in the, it was a fictional book. It was called The Virginian by Owen Wooster. Just an amazing book. Published in 1902. But there's a conversation the Virginian has, has with this school teacher. And it's about equality. And it it's actually pretty funny because he pretty much sets the school teacher up because she says that everybody is born equal. And so he's arguing with her about it, but he does it in a way to where he basically sets a trap for her to show her how wrong she is. And he he uses a couple different examples to describe it. One of them has to do with how some men can work hard and be successful. They save their money, they buy land, they keep working hard, they make more money, and they keep growing. And then there's other people who can work just as hard and not have that kind of success. And he talks about how some people call this luck. Well, I just had bad luck. But you can apply that as well to lazy people. Lazy people can have an extraordinary amount of success because of luck. And you have lazy people who obviously amount to nothing. So it's, you know, the the idea that we're all equal is a fallacy. We're not. As human beings, yes, we are. But as far as performance and where we end up in life, no, we're not. And it's kind of like people saying that pulling yourself up by your bootstraps is a fallacy as well. It's a falsehood because not everybody can do that. I guess you'd have to define pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. Are we talking about... Joe Rogan, who as a child at one point in time was on food stamps and then is worth tens of millions of dollars now, probably over a hundred if you take into account everything he makes from doing stand-up and from uh, cage fighting, commentary, all that kind of stuff. You could also look at the Ghetto Boys, William Dennis, Willie D, and Brad Jordan, who's Scarface. They grew up poor as hell in the hood. They became something. They pulled themselves up by their own bootstraps because they worked hard and gained success. So does that mean that somebody else who works hard and doesn't achieve that level of wealth, forget the fame, but that level of wealth, does that mean that they aren't pulling themselves up by their own bootstraps? Because guess what? To me, pulling yourself up by your own bootstraps is working for yourself. And that doesn't mean owning your own business, but working when you have the ability to, not stopping, 
being able to provide for your family if you have one, being able to own a home if you choose that's what you want to spend your money on. To me, that's pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. It doesn't mean you have to be rich. It means that you work and you try. You provide for yourself whenever you're able. <laughs> that's what it is. Because not everybody can be rich. But you have these, and I'm not going to keep calling it democratic socialists. Looks like a duck, walks like a duck, quacks like a duck, it's a freaking duck. Plain and simple. They're socialists. But since not everybody can be rich, if everybody had a billion dollars, nobody would be rich. That's what people don't seem to understand. In this concept of redistribution and crap like that, where you take everything from the 1% or 2% and give it to everybody else, so everybody's equal, guess what? The people you are, for, for one thing, you're not helping yourself. Because inflation would be through the roof, for one. For two, you'd end up in the same situation in the long run because there's people who invest and save, and there's those who spend and squander. That isn't going to change. The rich people you take it from, what they're left with, they're going to work, keep working hard. They're going to keep investing. They're going to keep saving. They're going to keep making money. While everybody else is going to be spending and squandering. I mean, you might make a few people better off, but guess what they're called currently? The middle class. And when the dust settles from that BS... There may be one or two changes here and there, but like as, as far as who is in what class. But in the end result, I'd be willing to bet you just about anything that the same people who are in the richest 1% or 2% now are still going to be there. That reset's only going to give it possible for the people who are in the middle class and have that work ethic to join that 1% or 2%. My brother would be one of those that'd make it into the one or two percent if we had a reset. The people who are going to get hurt are the people in the middle class. People out there working for a living. They're the ones. And it's because of the inflation that's going to take place and everything else. It's going to be much harder. But when the dust settles, because they're still willing to work and sacrifice, they're at minimum going to still be in the middle class. Free education is worth what it costs. It's free. It doesn't cost shit. And I really, I'm going to, you know, be upfront and brutally honest about this because I have such mixed emotions because this situation ended up helping me as retarded as it is. And it ended up helping me when I need the help. But my student loan just got wiped out. Just got wiped out out because I'm disabled. As long as I don't work between now and the 20... It's either the 4th or 8th of December of 2024, I'll never have to pay another dime. I didn't ask for this. I didn't apply for it. The way it was originally set up 
for disabled people to get out of their student loans is if you go to school, get your education, then become disabled, then you could apply to say, hey, I can no longer pay for this education of mine, my student loans. But if you're disabled going into school and get that education and you have loans like what I did, then you are not entitled to that. And it makes sense. So I'm not, I wasn't entitled to it. I did not apply for it. I never have applied for it because I knew the rules. And I ended up getting an email. And so I was calling around to find out what's going on because it said that my balance was zero. It's like, huh, I owe over $11,000. And this is the thing. I'm, I'm living on $429 a month. That's what I get on disability because I have to pay 150 a month for Medicare. And then with the BS overpayments that they made when I was working because they wouldn't shut me off when I called, there's another $180, 180 at least, getting taken out of my check every month to pay that back. So I make essentially nothing. And this is where it came in handy for me. The dumbasses not only wiped out what I still owed, they reimbursed me every dime I paid. Came in handy because I have bills just the same as anybody else because I've had credit. One of those credit lines was through PayPal. And so every time I get my check, I have less than $50 left because I'm having to pay minimum payments here and there. I try to pay extra when I can. That's very rare. And then if something comes up to where I need something, I have to use that, spend what I just paid in to get it. So it came in handy because I was had to pay 83, anywhere from 83 to $90 a month for minimum payments on PayPal. So I was able to pay that off. So that, that's an extra $83 a month. Doesn't sound like a lot, and it ain't. But I'm going to tell you something. Next month, when I don't have to send in that $83, shit. It's going to be kind of nice. But it still pisses me off. Shouldn't be that way. I knew the score, and we already know what education's worth. It's worth nothing anymore for multiple reasons. One of the reasons is all the online education that is worthless as hen shit on a pump handle. The online degrees are a freaking joke. Now, it, before it got as bad as what it is now, it used to be all right. Because there were colleges that offered certain classes online. And I, I had a statistics teacher that also was an accounting teacher. And he flat out said he refused to teach him because he tried teaching one of them once. And there's no way to explain accounting principles and statistic principles in online classes. You just can't do it. And so the washout rate is extremely high. So in all, it ends up being a waste of time and money for just about everybody. But when I was working up at the VA in Wisconsin, the buddy I had that I shared an office with, his girlfriend was doing online bachelor's degree. And he's, he asked me one day about the classes and stuff I had. So I told him about all the group projects and like the different classes. And he's like, Jesus Christ, dude. He's like, he's, he's like, you know, don't say anything to my girlfriend. Like if you meet her. And I was like, why? He's like, because what she's doing is a goddamn joke. 
but she's already set up to get a good job as long as she has that degree. And hell, he did half the shit for her because she didn't understand spreadsheets. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say I never got help from people when I, you know, was in school. But there's quite a bit of difference between the two. Quite a bit of difference. Where things really started going downhill was after the Great Recession of 2008. When things crashed. Thankfully, I was getting out of school right when, in 2010, right when... Things were getting ready to get out of hand. Because when that happened, naturally, a lot of people lost their jobs. And a lot of people discovered, well, if I go back to school between grants and subsidized loans, which for those who don't know, this is what a subsidized loan is. It's a loan by the government. And while you're in school, you don't have to make any payments. No interest is accruing or nothing. So if they give you 10 grand, like this year in 2022, to go to school, then guess what? Like the day you graduate, you still only owe that 10 grand. There's no interest. There's nothing. That's what subsidized is. Now there's other educational loans that are unsubsidized, which means that you have to make payments at that time. As soon as, as soon as you get it, it's going to start accruing the interest. That's the difference. So people found out, hey, I can get these subsidized loans. I can get grants. I can get all kinds of shit. And the more you have, the more you're going to get. So if you have a mortgage and house payment, if you have a family and all this other crap and you're unemployed, and if your spouse isn't working, then guess what? You're going to get a lot more money. So people started deciding there's no way to get a job right now. I'll go to school and get that college education. Or I'll go back to school and get that master's degree and or Ph.D. That's what people was doing. So it's that really inflated the price of school starting around 2010. It really inflated the price of school because you had so many more people going to school. Then the government increased the amount of benefits and shit you could get for going to school. Trying to encourage you to go to school. So even more people started going to school. People who didn't lose their jobs started going back to school for their masters or doing their bachelors. And I mean, that's why it's gotten so expensive. That's why a bachelor's degree is just as worthless as what a high school degree used to be. And if it isn't already, pretty soon, your MBAs and MSs are going to be as worthless as the bachelors is now. But guess what? Not everybody is suited for college. And they shouldn't be there. I can't tell you how many people I heard just in junior college... And thankfully, I didn't have to hear it much at the university I went to because I got into a private university. My buddy was at a state university and said that he heard it just as much there as he did at the junior college we attended. Sees a degree. Well, gosh, not sure what I want to hear out of a future doctor's mouth or a future engineer building a bridge. Point is, people are not equal. 
There are certain people that I could absolutely school when it comes to economics, and guess what? If things went to hell, they'd probably be better off than me because they're a carpenter and could actually build themselves shelter if necessary. Something I'll never be able to do. Hell, even if I could see that'd be no guarantee that I'd be any good at carpentry. So, we're not all equal. When it comes to medical, think about medical. Think about the fact that prior to Obamacare fucking everybody over, prior to that, no hospital could refuse you treatment. None. And there are multiple charities that provide for those who could not afford. St. Francis Hospital is one of those where there was a sister's charity that provided. Uh, my ex-wife's sister got a major surgery performed for free because she was poor, couldn't afford it, and needed the surgery. St. Jude's Hospital. I don't know if they get government funding or not, but the amount of donations they get is just insane. And people don't have to pay for a damn thing when it comes to those children. And I understand that's a little bit of a different situation since they're dealing with kids with cancer and things like that. But it just, like I said, it, it's one of those things to where there are programs that existed prior. I've talked about it before in regard to why things are so screwed up. All you got to do is look at a place like Canada and why universal health care ain't the best. People who blow out a knee and need a knee replacement or surgery have to wait well over a year to get the surgery. Because everybody goes in. There's such a long line because it's free. There's a reason prescriptions are so much cheaper. It's because they take our stuff, reverse engineer it, and produce it for nothing. And, and this is something I know from school. And this was 2010. So it's, you know, I can only imagine now. And no, I'm not a fan of pharmaceutical companies. But the fact is, in 2010, it took a billion dollars, that's with a B as in Bravo, a billion to research a medication from start all the way through the FDA process before they could sell it. And that's if it made it through the FDA process. And on average, pharmaceutical companies only get one out of 30 medications through the FDA. So before they have anything they can sell, they've spent 30 billion, with a B, dollars. Well, that sure explains why certain medications are so expensive. But guess what? There's a reason we are still creating new medications, as ridiculous as some of them may end up being, I'm just saying, we're still creating, and Canada don't. It's because they can't afford to. So go ahead and give the universal health care and free prescriptions, because guess what? You're just, it's going to stop our progress dead in the water. Plain and simple. Gonna go away. And it's, man, I just don't understand how this can still be a conversation. I, I don't understand how this can still be a thing. 
But then again, we have people that think it's okay for a dude to say he's a chick and then just start dominating swim leagues and fucking weightlifting. I mean, hell, if you want to go that route, if you want to say there's absolutely no difference, then by God, I'm all for it. Eliminate the different classes. Just have one. So if a woman wants to wrestle, a trans wants to wrestle, doesn't matter who you identify as, we're all just the same. Let them get out and wrestle a fucking man. Same for swimming, same for running. You know, how long ago was it? It wasn't even that long ago. That I, I should have looked her name up because I hate the fact I don't know it. But that poor woman from Africa that, that ran and got the gold medal in the Olympics. And then they, she was so ugly, they insisted she get a DNA test to prove she was a woman. And it was because she dominated so bad. The domination was that significant. They made her test to prove she was a woman. We are so screwed it's not even fun. <coughs> I mean, this crap is just so ridiculous. But here we are. I mean, we have people. Stupidity never stops. What was that crap going on with AMC and the stocks and crap like that? I'm watching people on Facebook. And I'm still seeing them talking about stock market like they know what in the hell they're talking about. And they're going to lose their ass. Same as Bitcoin. Oh, and there, there's another great stride. The Bank of England and the Federal Reserve are talking about creating digital currency. This is to have centralized digital currency to combat stuff like Bitcoin, which I've already told you what a freaking joke I think that is. So no, I don't think there's any difference between this digital currency that these centralized banks are wanting to create in the decentralized, like Bitcoin, Dojo, all that crap. <laughs> Those who don't, don't learn from history are doomed to repeat it. Look, it's what, what has happened every time we've had a president eliminate the National Bank. Because before it was called National Bank, when they brought it back, shit, when was that? Not remembering, but regardless, when they brought it back, they renamed it Federal Reserve because everybody had such a hard-on against the National Bank. But every time they eliminated the charter for a national bank, guess what? It threw this country into a depression. And I'm not saying that they're handling it right because they're, they're doing a lot of messed up crap these days. I understand that. It doesn't matter what it is, people can screw it up. People can take advantage. Look at what's going on now. They're printing off so money, our money is essentially worthless. And it's suspected that that's why they're wanting to create this digital currency to replace our fiat currency, this paper money, because it's getting ready to collapse. That's, that's a suspicion. But here's the beautiful thing. I can't speak on the Federal Reserve because I didn't hear the article regarding what they're doing. But this is what England, the Bank of England is wanting to do. It's not just digital currency, it is programmable. Digital currency, look it up. It's even in their national media newspapers. It's, this is not alternative media. There's a reason it's programmable. It's basically saying that you are not going to be allowed to use that money that you've earned 
to buy something unless your employer or the government considers it to be a feasible purchase, a reasonable purchase. You know what? You've had one too many 12-packs this week. We, we can't, they're not letting you buy anymore right now. You know what? You, you said this against the government. You, you can't buy any bread this week. Learn your lesson. That's what it's setting up for. Not to mention the field day. I look at the last episode on future crimes. If you're new to this, which I'm sure you're not. If you're new to this podcast, like I said, I'm sure you're not. Go back and listen to my last one, episode 45, on the book Future Crimes. It was written by a former law enforcement agent that worked in cyber crimes. All the things that are hackable. And how easy it is for them to steal. So that that makes sense. It's our, our, our currency as it is is fine in the sense that it's essentially half and half. Only you have the ability to go to an ATM or a bank and actually get something that gets put in your hand. The majority of shit that people buy these days are just swiping a card anyway, whether it's credit card, debit card, whatever. Buying online doesn't matter. But the whole, so what's the point of a new digital currency? I can only think of one reason for it, and it's not a comforting thought. And it's that our currency is getting ready to collapse. And they want something to replace it. And the difference is going to be, this new one is going to be programmable. Like I said, I can't speak 100% on the Federal Reserve's ideas with digital currency, but let's look at what's going on now. Whether you agree or disagree about vaccines, the whole vaccine passport, there's already places where you can't go grocery shopping unless you follow that mandate and get vaccinated. Look at what's going on in Canada with the truck drivers. The government's essentially seized the $10 million through, that was donated to them through GoFundMe because of their protests against the vaccine. And they're essentially passing, extending some of their laws to where they just might be able to freeze their other assets. I mean, good Lord, it's already being set up. They're already doing this crap. So next step, programmable currency. Like I said, look that up. That isn't new or that isn't made up. That isn't alternative media. The people who want socialism are the lazy pieces of shit that just don't want to have to work for a living. That's who wants it. Who th- or who think that they're entitled to have more than what they got and think that the way to get that is some form of socialism. Well, guess what? When it comes to it, if you get your socialism, you're still going to have that 1% to 2%. Do you think the people in charge are going to restrict themselves to one loaf of bread and one pound of meat a week? And they're going to be restricted in how much money they can take in? You're still going to have that 1% to 2%. 
There is not one example of socialism that has ever existed throughout the history of man in which that did not take place. And what makes it even worse is you have people that would sell out their own families to see to it that they get to be in that one or two percent. I don't know if you ever took the time to read that book, Bloodlands, but guess what? One of Stalin's dudes was married to a Jewish woman, sent her away. Divorced her, sent her away. Because it became unpopular. And by God, he didn't want to lose his position. And then they want to talk about co-ops to where employees get to vote on wages and stuff like that. That makes sense. No companies are going to go out of business for that. People don't even under, have enough economic sense to understand why minimum wage is harmful. All you got to do is look at history. Look at the data. Look at the statistics. You raise minimum wage and people are better off for one year. Tops. By the end of the second or third year, they are worse off than they were prior to the raise in minimum wage because of inflation. And inflation does take place with minimum wage increases. It's not the only thing that causes inflation, obviously. But it does cause issues. So these people want $15 an hour for screwing up your order at a fast food joint. Which I understand nobody's perfect. But I'd really like to notice the statistics on the number of screwed up orders. You know it's significant, especially with a place like McDonald's, when you see memes that say they need a third drive through window to return the messed up orders. That doesn't fall within an acceptable standard of deviation as far as I'm concerned. And then you got people wanting them to have a right on voting on how much money they should be making. Is Bezos an idiot? Uh, Intelligence-wise, I'd have to disagree with that. But as far as behavior, building a fucking spaceship shaped like a dick, yeah, I'd, I'd have to say he's an idiot to waste that kind of money. People already hate him instead of doing something like that just so he can say, look at me, look what I did. He could have thrown that money toward some charities, some food kitchens or something like that and got into people's good graces. So in that sense, yeah, he's an idiot. But guess what? That man also started off is nothing but an online bookstore and created one of the biggest corporations that's ever existed. And guess what? The man also probably worked 16 hours a day, seven days a week up until the point he retired as CEO of Amazon. Is the amount of money he has obscene? Well, yeah. But you can't tell me the man didn't earn it. And obviously, his wages are at least acceptable or people wouldn't be working there. And guess what? I don't believe half the shit that comes out about him when it comes to his employees. Because guess what? Every state has labor law. And I think, I think the starting pay is around $15 an hour anyway. For his warehouse workers and that. 
Well, he don't have the right to make that money off my back. Well, guess what? He does because he put in the work to create that. You didn't. He did. If I create something to make money on, like if I ever get off my ass and get... Granted, I understand my books aren't going to get published. But if they did... I'm... Just take a wild guess on what I'm going to say if you tell me you're entitled to some of my money for me taking the time to sit down and write this stuff. Work it out. Organize it. Fine-tune it. I'm not even going to say the string of obscenities that come to mind on what I'd say to you if you told me that. That's the problem with this country, is it has been too good for too long. We were much better off the day after 9-11. I hate saying it, but it's the truth. Because people didn't no longer cared about their petty differences. We came together. Things have just been too good for too long. And if you don't think they're good, think about the fact that you have time to sit on Twitter or Facebook and argue. I'd hate to guess how much production would be in this country, what our GDP would be, if people didn't go on Facebook while they were at work. And there's certain people I know that do it and still kick ass at their job. But there's also people I know that it's kind of funny because during the hours of 9 to 5 or 8 to 4, whenever they're, they're working, that's when you see their posts. It's in those time periods. They're not on in the morning and they're not on at night. They're on while they're at work. It takes away from family time. Oh, so you get to take away from your boss's time. Well, count that as a benefit as to why you're not making what you think you should be making. We're in a position to where five years ago, as short as that, or less, You maybe didn't like your situation at work, but you still had to do what your boss told you. You did not get to dictate to your boss. And now we have it to where these spoiled-ass kids who've had everything handed to them, who have been told their opinion counts and matters when they're kids, so good luck convincing them it doesn't now. And it's not to say nobody's entitled to an opinion, But nobody's entitled to force it upon other people. And yet we have positions to where companies are getting put in a position to where they're being dictated to. That should tell you how spoiled this country is when you get to start dictating to your boss and to corporations. I mean, I can still remember at the VA, my... Like, on lunch break, my buddy just being like, holy shit. And I'm like, what, dude? I thought he was talking about something with work. <laughs> no, he, he was, it was lunch, and he was reading some articles and stuff. And it's when a lot of this, I identify as this, came out. Some guy, I think it was Seattle, Washington, <coughs> worked for a corporation, had his own private office, and got to put a litter, big litter box in his office to piss and shit into because he identified as a cat. This was legit mainstream media article. Hold on. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry about that. So, I mean, it's... You can't tell me this country ain't spoiled and it's going. it's no different than any other spoiled kid or person out there.
they're going to cause ruination. What do they do? They cause freaking heartache. All right, so I'm going to ask for something different right now. Because I I've, I keep giving my email and nobody emails me. Like, and I truly want to know about criticisms. If you have any. Like I said, I'll leave your name out. You know, I'm not going to be like that. You know, well, so-and-so, yeah, you're an idiot. I might disagree with your opinion or something. And, hell, I'd even be willing to have you come on here. But, as far as the people who are listening to this, if you would be willing, I don't know if you listen from the link I provide and that allows you to listen to it or if you have to download something like Spotify. (coughs) Spotify is what I'm through. I know it gets put in other places as well, like Apple's iTunes, their iTunes or whatever. But um, if you would be willing to download the Spotify and rate this just so I have an idea. You know, because right now I have no ratings. And granted, I have very few people that listen. So, since nobody's criticizing or anything like that, I'm assuming the, the, the six people who are currently listening are people that agree with the stuff I'm saying as a whole. Maybe not entirely, but as a whole. But, you know, I, I need to know. I, I, I want to know if there's stuff that I can do different that would make it better. I want to know if there's different crap you'd like to hear about. Because, hey, I'm all over the board when it comes to topics. I mean, I do book reviews and then I rant about socialism and economics. <laughs> you know, <laughs> my next one's going to be me bitching about Stephen King's latest book. You know, him and Richard Chismer. So let me know. Um, if you would do the rating thing, that'd be much appreciated. That's going to be anonymous. Um, as far as I know, it will be. I, if it isn't anonymous, I don't know how the hell to get into it to see. So, (coughs) um, otherwise questions, comments, concerns, criticisms. I guess I wasn't adding the criticisms into that statement before, but all the above. Hit me up, littlemb6580 at gmail.com. That's L-I-T-T-L-E-M as in Mike, B as in Bravo, 6580 at gmail.com. Until next time, y'all take care.